You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Welcome in to just another sports podcast here on the Sports Objective Podcasting Network. It is Thanksgiving Eve, if you will, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host from Lasker, North Carolina, the head coach at Northeast Academy, the one and only Mr. Stevie Floss. Stevie, how are you? I'm good, bud. Long you, know, I, I, you know, I was going to say, I, I almost, and, I, and I'll, I'll still, uh, I, I got a special introduction for you, and I almost did it tonight, but I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I, I'm not even going to tell you what it was. I'm guaranteed to ruin it because I didn't use it tonight, but I thought well, I can use it another night, so I'll save it. Oh, boy. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. Uh, you'll like it. You'll like it. It's not, it's, it's not bad. You'll get a kick out of it. Okay. Yeah, everything's good here. Getting ready for the big day tomorrow. It's been a, been a busy day at work. So, uh, But uh, ready to sit back and uh, talk about some power football. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, to do that, we, uh, we are joined by a former East Carolina quarterback, in the 2010 and 2011 seasons, wish we had him longer. Wish we had him right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> welcome in, Dominique Davis. Dom, thanks for joining us. Man, thanks for having me, fellas. Appreciate it. No doubt. Uh, so, Dom, we were talking before the show. You know, you, your path to East Carolina is interesting, and uh, most people don't. But there are some listeners out there that may not. So, talk about uh, coming out of high school, being recruited, and uh, who recruited you, and why you originally went to Boston College. Um. Well, first off, uh, Boston College wasn't even on my radar. I was getting recruited by other schools and smaller conferences and stuff. And um, literally like a week before the last week of recruiting, uh, these three guys walked in looking like the mafia, dressing all black. <laughs> and uh, I was at basketball practice. And as soon as basketball practice was over, and they brought me into the coach's office. And literally, as soon as I sat down, as soon as I sat down, Steve Logan, who was recruiting me out of Boston College, uh, instantly got on the board. He didn't he didn't introduce himself, nothing. So as soon as we sat down, he got on the board and just started drawing up plays. And literally my jaw just dropped. And I was just I I was overwhelmingly like excited. Like if that makes sense. Yeah. Because uh I've never no one's never talked to me like that before. So as soon as he finished talking and he asked me, did I have any other visits? I'm not going to name the school, but uh, I did have another visit. And when I told him the school I was going to, uh, he didn't say anything, but he just gave me a look. He just gave me a look like, you really going to go there over over here? And as soon as he gave me that look, I called the school that I was going to uh, visit and told him I wasn't coming no more. And I went to Boston College and committed on my visit. So you go to BC, um, you, um, you're playing behind, oh my God, I can't believe I can't remember his Matt name. Matt Ryan. Thank you. Oof. Yep. Playing behind Matt Ryan. Uh, <laughs> Matt gets injured, uh, you, your first or second year there. And, uh, you, um, you, uh, you, you, if I remember correct, again, I'm going off memory, Dom, I did no research. You, uh, <laughs> you played an ACC championship game against Virginia Tech or am I making that up? I did. So what happened, I was, I was behind Matt Ryan my true freshman year. 
and then it was the the year after because he got drafted. Okay. He got drafted by the Falcons, and then yeah. it was the year after. Now I'm a redshirt freshman, and we had another starting quarterback, Chris Crane. He was the That's one that right. got hurt, and uh, yeah. right, and I yeah. and I went in and finished that game, and then we had uh, another game after that to clinch for the ACC uh, title game. And uh, we won, and yeah, I, we played Virginia Tech in the AC Championship game. My second year at BC. And who you who you guys playing the bowl that year? Uh, that year we played in the Music City Bowl versus uh, Vanderbilt. Did you start that game? I started that game as well. Okay, did you guys win that bowl? We did not. Oh, sorry. I... Yeah, as a clock, because it was an ACC SEC game. So as the clock was winding down, you could hear the whole crowd screaming SEC, SEC. Oh, <laughs> so, um, coach, um, C- coach, coach Logan and staff, um, you know, leave, uh, leave BC. Um, is that was that your the your reason behind transferring out or or what? No, um. Um, I got in some some uh, academic okay. trouble, so I just decided to transfer, and uh, it was just just that timing where uh, uh, Logan left, and then literally like six months later, I transferred. Okay, so uh, you go to junior college. Uh, talk about your recruitment process to come to East Carolina. I had to play for Skip Holtz, and did Coach Logan have anything to do with that at all? Okay, so. When I first left Boston College, uh, I got home and me and my older brother, we uh, we started calling calling schools and East Carolina was a school we called. Uh, they never answered or um, called us back. So I ended up going to a junior college and then that's when East Carolina got a hold of me at the junior college. And it was Skip Holtz and uh, Todd Finch. And um, yeah, they brought me on a visit and literally committed on my visit. It was everything I, I dreamed of as far as like college football atmosphere. It was, it, it was, it, as soon as I got to the stadium, it was like, Oh yeah, I'm coming here. And, did, uh, did, did Logan's pedigree from here have anything to do with you wanting to come here? Or? It, it did not. It did not. I honestly, I didn't even, I haven't spoken to Logan ever since he left Boston college. So, hmm. uh, yeah, he, he had nothing to do with my decision to go to East Carolina. It just so happened to be a, a coincidence that, yeah, he was a pirate, and now I'm I was getting ready to be one. So, and, and then um, Skip leaves, goes to South Florida. Todd Finch goes with him, um, and we hire Ruffin McNeil, and mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley comes in. Um, obviously, I would imagine when 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 you got to talk to Ruff for the first time, you had to love him, and then when Lincoln told you what you were going to be running, you probably said, "Yeah, I'm going to keep my commitment." Well, um, yeah, so before I even could enroll into East Carolina for the summer semester, for the uh, winter semester, um, yeah, that's when Skip and all those guys left, and they, they wanted me to come to USF, but it just didn't feel right. So as soon as they signed Ruff, as soon as they hired Ruff, I mean, and uh, he called me, like, that night after he, after he got hired, and then came him and Lincoln came to my house the day after. So that when they basically you just got hired and you in my house the very next day, that that showed me a lot. So that was uh, set in stone for me that I was I was keeping my commitment. Yeah, no, that's a big time by them. Very important. They saw your I'm sure they saw your tape and said, yeah, we got to make sure this kid keeps his commitment. 
Yeah. And, and also, uh, yeah, and, and I see and and I saw like the school that came from from Texas Tech, so I knew instantly yeah. like, oh man, like yeah. this was the same system I was in in high school where you doing nothing but throwing the ball, you're gonna put up big numbers. So I was definitely excited. So I I still wanted to keep my commitment. It was just a matter of if Ruffin and Lincoln still wanted me. And the fact that they came to my house the day after they got hired, that it was it was all said and done. Yeah, and we're glad you came. Um, and it's interesting. I remember now that you, in the past, we had you on one of our other shows, and you telling me or telling us uh, that uh, you had ran a similar offense in high school. I had forgotten that. Um, so you come to East Carolina. You um, you, you 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 go through uh, spring spring ball, fall camp, all that stuff. Um, and you know, game one. Guess what? We're gonna jump right into it. And that's kind of the reason I thought of you this week playing Tulsa. So game one, uh, we 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 play uh, Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Stock Graham's head coach at the time. Uh, it's Tulsa. It is a back and forth shootout. I'm sure every Pirate fan remembers that game. Oh, it Sunday was afternoon. Sunday afternoon, Labor Day weekend, 2010, yeah. and um, you know it comes down. It, it, it had that feeling that it's going to come down to to whoever has the ball last. That's what the game had that had that you know feel to it the whole game. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold. Uh, here we go with the ball last. Talk about that last drive and leading up to the to the, to that pass uh, for the touchdown uh, in, in, in the end zone to uh, to um, oh god Justin, um, yeah. Justin Jones. Justin Jones. You. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I want to I want to uh, go back just a little sure. bit. Actually, I actually wasn't. I didn't compete in spring football when I got there. I was I wasn't even enrolled yet. I was just out there. Uh, every watching. day, just, okay. just watching. Yeah, so you know, I remember first, that now too. That you say my, that my first days were uh, summer workouts. But how yeah, valuable going, was it being able to watch spring ball? Just you couldn't participate, but I would imagine just you, you could stay. So you could stand there and just watch everything. You could you could learn the play calls, learn the system. You just couldn't participate. That's it. I couldn't. I couldn't be in meetings or anything. I could only literally just go out there and watch practice and just mm. learn learn on the run. Just hear what coach is saying out loud and hear what the quarterbacks like cadence and and reads and all that stuff. I was just out there just being a sponge really. Was Lincoln yelling at a megaphone every <laughs> to make sure you heard <laughs> Nah see that see we I'm old now so that wasn't that that was that's some that's new school now. That's what all the coaches doing with the microphone and everything. No, nah, I'm just saying that way so you could hear him. Yeah, you know, but you can just watch. I was, you know. Oh, oh no, nah. he Lincoln's a very vocal person. He didn't need a microphone to for, for you to for the, for you to hear him anywhere on the field. So, okay, so you 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 watch spring practice and you, you take part in fall camp, and um, you know I, fall camp you solidified yourself as a starter. Um, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about going into that Tulsa game before we get to that last drive in the Hail Mary. Um, how confident? You got to come out and do what you guys did on offense in game one. It's very rare. So, how confident were, were you as a quarterback in, in, in that offense, in yourself, and in your teammates going into that first game? Did, did you guys know you could be? Did you know you could? Y'all were going to be that good on offense immediately. Honestly, I did not know we were going to be that good on offense the very first week. Honestly, because even I threw my first touchdown pass to Lance Lewis. Lance yeah. Lewis wasn't there all summer camp. He got there three days before our first game, three days before our first game and started. And you saw 
what he did. So yeah. it was still like we don't know, but we we know we got the guys. We just don't know how it's gonna turn out. But literally from the very first play, it was like, Oh yeah, we we gonna be pretty good on offense. And, and as I said, back and forth all day. So now, if you will, talk, take us back to that last drive, leading up to the uh, to the to the winning touchdown and and that play itself. Your uh, your hail mary to to Justin Jones. Uh, fourth down, it's, it seemed like you know, uh, the game was over. Basically, you see you see uh, the fans leaving. You you just like the energy is just going like game over, but. I mean that's something that that hail mary is something we we don't practice it every day, but that's something you run in practice just in case because you gotta you gotta you gotta uh, practice the worst case scenarios. So that was a play where we we used to run it in practice, and we was like, yeah, we we gonna complete one of these one day, one week, but we didn't <laughs> know it was gonna be the the first the first week of the, of the season. So following leading up to that play. On the sideline, just talking about it. I mean, wasn't nobody uh, panicked or anything. Everybody just was status quo and just let's go out here and execute it. And I just took the snap and scrambled to my left a little bit and just threw it up nice and high so the guys can get down there and get in the end zone. And yeah, it was it's it's tough to uh, when a six eight guy is jumping and he's got the longest arms ever. It's it's hard when. Yeah, he's already catching the ball before you can even jump. Yeah, and it wasn't great coverage either. I no. mean, it, it, so it, you, you guys complete the pass. The crowd goes crazy. You guys, you know, everybody's piling on everybody in the end zone. They have to review the play, which there was absolutely no need to review that play. But I remember that because it delayed the celebration just for a moment because you just thought, oh, no, somehow. But uh, so you, you win it. What was the What was the atmosphere like in the locker room after that game? I think the atmosphere in the locker room was greater than the atmosphere on the field after the game. It's just it was just like a wow, oh my gosh moment. Like, did that just really happen? And just the whole emotion of the game, like you said, we was going back and forth, back and forth the whole game. So emotions are high. Just every, everything is just on like one thousand. So getting to the locker room after the game was like one of the best feelings ever because. Like like we talking about, we didn't expect to be that good on offense that quick. And once we saw like, because we knew how smart Lincoln was and how we practiced, we knew it was going to be a really good offense. But man, we got to figure out we was going to be really good the very first week. Okay, we're going to dive into a few more games from uh, the 2010 and 2011 season. Before we go any further, can you imagine Kyle now? Sure. They had. Total offense that day for ECU, 538 yards of total offense. Yeah, I take it. I take it. I take about – I'd be happy with 400 yards of offense. I'd be tickled pink. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah we'll, take three games to get that. No kidding. Um, yeah, our offense is horrible. But we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more as much as Dom wants to uh, a little bit later. But um, I, you mentioned Lincoln, Dom, and um, how uh, – how 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 you knew him, how intelligent he was. Um, how impressed were you with Lincoln? He you know he wasn't much older than you, and he like, he still ain't much older than you. Yep. Um, so what was it like uh, when you did, did 
did, did it even enter your mind how young you was? This guy is, you know, 27 years old and he's my offensive coordinator or, or did that even cross your mind? It didn't even cross my mind. So, cause when I got there in spring and I just saw how he operated, like, yeah, he was 26, but he didn't act like 26. He, he was all business. Yeah. All, very like very. So, and he probably it, even it had just, to be more so with that age to make sure the players respected him. I mean, yeah, like he, he's the perfect, he has a perfect balance to where he could put your, you can put, he could put his arm around your shoulder and he can lay it in you. So it's, it's a very, very good balance to where when he does get on you, you don't, you, 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 you can take it in a good way because you know, it's coming from a good place. Right. In, in this year, seven and five, um, I believe it's, I believe it's seven and four. I think I, they got seven wins, I think, USA. Am I right, but, but Stevie? Yeah, I think they said no. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of people, listen, you know, uh, spent a lot more out of Lincoln. I, I saw Paul Feinbaum call him a farce, saying and he needed to resign at USC. Of course, uh, Paul Feinbaum has got a face, face for radio, and somebody decided to put his big-ass ears on TV. But uh, <laughs> w- w- what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm, I'm a big believer in Lincoln Riley. Um and I, you know, I do think he's got to figure it out defensively at some point. Yeah. Get the right defensive coordinator. But as far as offense goes, if anybody thinks Lincoln Riley is a farce, uh, they're complete morons. And in my opinion, Paul Feinbaum is. So, any thoughts on the criticisms he's taken this year? Yeah, I, I don't think it's fair. I don't. I don't think it's fair because Lincoln's resume and the guys he he's put in the league, it, it, it's not it's not fair at all. It's especially when we're talking about. Uh, the offense is 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 not fair at all, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just every coach. I mean, you got guys like Nick Saban who's winning 10, 11, 12 games a year and is you know in it to win it every year. You don't get that every year from everybody. Like that's rare. And Lincoln's been there damn Two years. Year, every every year. It's just this one year yeah. where. It's not looking. It's not looking as good. Like, and it's and it's year two at USC. He's not in year four. Right, right. And as far as the defense, I mean, yeah, like most of the teams he's 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 coached, like the defense has has been an issue. But the way he runs his offense, sometimes the defense don't have time to rest because right. the offense will go out there and score in two or three plays after the defense just got off the field on a eight to 10 play drive. Now they back on the field and didn't get no rest. So now it's like, yeah, the defense legs are tired or what, whatever. So now it's looking like the defense isn't doing that well, but it's sometimes it's because the offense is doing so damn great. Yeah. You, you would, you would think, Parents, you know, back in the day, I don't know how much you follow the NFL, but if you remember the old San Diego Chargers, Eric Coriel, uh, Dan Fouts, this is, yeah, this is showing my age. Uh, Dan <laughs> Fouts, Kellen Winslow, Charlie Joyner, John Jefferson, they they had this wide open offense, but they, they could score 45 points, but they'd end up losing 48-45. They never had the defense. So that could be, you know, this is what Lincoln Riley's offense reminds me of is that Eric Coriel. And just like you said, you leave that deep, you don't give the defense a break. It does make the defense look like they're a lot worse than they are. 
Yeah, and that's why most of their games are very high-scoring games. Yeah. Like, offense don't have a problem scoring at all. It's just the fact they score so much so fast, sometimes it's not giving the defense a, a chance to that's a good sit down problem. and take a deep breath and <laughs> and see what's going on. Yeah, I um, I, I don't even know what kind of defense USC is running this year. Honestly, I haven't watched them enough to comment on it intelligently. But theoretically, I think most people think in that kind of offense, the best thing to do is run an aggressive defense because, you know, they can force some turnovers, get the offense the ball back, you know, get off the field fast that way. Interestingly enough, if you if everybody remembers, um, the most success East Carolina had when Lincoln was here as OC and Ruffin as head coach was 13-14. And Rick Smith was defensive coordinator, and he ran a zone defense. We didn't blitz a lot. We were very gap sound. And what we did was always play good zone coverage and force a lot of interceptions and make teams kind of drive the ball on us, which you kind of wouldn't think would be the path to take with that offense. Um, It doesn't seem very complimentary to that offense, but it worked really well here. Um, So I don't know if that's something Lincoln might want to think about or what kind of defense they're running now, but Lincoln's much smarter than I am. He'll figure it out with who's the right defensive coordinator for him. And then it's a whole, like, a, a recruiting thing, too. Because yeah. when it comes to recruiting, Lincoln's looking for uh, offensive Offense guys. Offense first, for yeah. Receivers and guys yeah. who can yeah. uh, take the top off the defense and all that who can make plays uh, when the ball's in their hands and all that good stuff. So, and I'm not saying he's, he's not recruiting defense, but – I think his main focus is is offense over defense, and that's how he recruits. Dom, you just made a really good point um, in regards to this year's Pirate football team in reverse, where Mike Houston is all about the defense. And if you look, we're pretty talented on defense, but our offense is trash. And I really think a big portion of that goes back to neglect and recruiting on that side of the ball. I know that's not the point you were trying to make, but uh, it in reverse is, is relevant to uh, this year's East Carolina team. Um so, I want to talk about uh, some more games from your career, if you don't mind. Um, we'll fast forward a little bit to the 2010 season. Stevie, if there's a game I, I, I miss, if you want to ask him about, jump in. But I, I'm going to fast forward a little bit to the 2010 season to NC State in Greenville. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they had um, – I shouldn't have took a nap earlier, Stevie. My brain ain't working. I really cannot – hold on. Wait a minute. Russell Wilson, thank you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm getting ready to save you, but you got Ooh, I had Russell Wilson, obviously. Uh, everybody knows how highly touted he was. Uh, you outperformed him that day, no question about it. Uh, let me ask you that first. When when you're playing that Russell Wilson as a competitor, um, you, you ain't going to play one-on-one against him because you're on offense, he's on offense. Right. But does it get you amped up like Russell Wilson, this, this kid's all ACC, all everything, I'm going to go outperform him today. Does that cross your mind or are you just focused on winning the game? Honestly, it didn't cross my mind. What crossed my mind the most was when I first committed to East Carolina and I was getting a lot of messages from fans. And most of the messages were, make sure you beat uh, NC State. Make sure you beat NC State. So that that was the main thing that was crossing my mind was, yeah, this is a very big game for our fans. So let's let's – I was more amped up because how the fans reacted to NC State more than – Russell Wilson being there, and I got to outperform him. Well, it sounds like Ruffin didn't even have to get it across to you guys. You knew it from the fans, but 
rough and playing here. How um how much did he make sure everybody knew how important this game was uh, to, to to the fan base? He made sure it was important, but he made sure that it wasn't like the biggest game of the year. We still gotta treat like treat this game like a, a regular game. We can't treat it like like the biggest game of our of our lives because you gotta play next week. That's mm-hmm. that and also that's where you can kind of go out there and make mistakes because you're trying to go out there and, and be perfect and you you're not playing as fast as you want because you don't want to mess up because it's such a big game and you don't want to be that guy to mess up. So yeah. he didn't really make it like the biggest game of the year, but he definitely made it known that this is a game where the fans want to win. You, you guys jump out on NC State. We take a big lead. State makes a comeback, um, mm-hmm. sends it to overtime. Um, you uh, you get it in the end zone in overtime. Um, we missed the friggin' extra point. Not everybody in the stadium, their mm-hmm. breath just left their body. They just <laughs> knew we were going to lose that game because NC State <laughs> was going to make their extra point. So you had to keep them out of the end zone. And Damon Magazoo with the pick in the end zone, uh, you were sitting on the bench, obviously. What was your reaction when Damon made that pick in the end zone against State? Thank God. Thank <laughs> God. That's exactly what I said. Thank God. Thank God. Because, honestly, like, it didn't feel like we was going to lose that game, it, like, yeah. the whole game. So, I wasn't – even when we missed that, that extra point, like, I still – nobody on the sideline was concerned or anything because it, it just felt like this was our game to win, even though they came back – and did all that good stuff, but yeah. we still felt like, yeah, we're going to win this game no matter what. I mean, listen to this stat line. 37 for 53, 69.8 completion percentage, 376 yards, two TDs, no interceptions. Uh, I, I think I would take that as a as, – wouldn't you, Kyle? Oh, yeah. God, yeah, please. Any day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt good that game because – You definitely I did. I started off the game like 15 for 15. Yeah, you're red hot, and we're going to talk about a, another game in a minute where you're even hotter than that. But uh, you uh, lit it up that day. Great win um, as a Pirate fan. Just speaking to it as a, you know, not a media member, just from a fan standpoint, um, being there in that stadium that day. That was my, it was my birthday or my birthday weekend. I, I don't remember exactly. That was actually my birthday that day. It was October 16th. Okay, so it was three days after my birthday. So and it, was on, it, was, it was on Stevie's birthday, oddly enough. So. It was just a great day. Just the weather was perfect. You beat NC State. I mean, just uh, you know, just just what a great memory. What a great day. I I I wish you know our our students could experience something like that this year. Of course they won't. But it, great 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 times at Daddy Ficklin. Um, some of um, Steve, is there anything else you want to ask him about the 2010 season? Any you covered the 2010 season. Yeah. So we we um. The game in the 2010 season, Dom, that I think most Pirates would like to forget. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Navy. Mm-hmm. I'm not even. I'm not even going to talk about that game unless you want to. Go ahead, man. The show, show you. Go ahead. Okay, because <laughs> uh, it leads into the 2011 game. So, so the 2010 game against Navy, um, utter disaster. Not really much on the offense's fault. Um, you know, though you guys could score 101. Um, defense could not stop the triple option. What was the atmosphere on the sideline in that game when it fell apart in the second half? And and 
it was just it was just mind boggling how that game got out of hand so bad. It honestly felt like Navy was about to score one hundred points. <laughs> I thought they were. That's that's how it felt. That's that's what I was saying to myself on the sideline. Like these boys might score hundred points because, like, they were scoring on offense, but everything was going right for us on on offense for us. But everything was going wrong for us too on offense. Like, uh, we had a fumble for a scoop and score touchdown, and then uh, I tried to throw a pass. The defensive end tips it, and I catch it and tried to run, and they knock it out my hand, and they scoop and score it for a touchdown. It just, it was just, when it rains, it pours. Yeah. Did you guys start pressing when you saw the defense struggling that bad? Uh, yeah, I think that's when when we started. We had our couple turnovers, but other than that, we was, man, we was, it felt like we was unstoppable out, out there on offense. Yeah. Just uh, unfortunately. Nick, go ahead. It was 48 points in the second half. Yeah, I know. I was there. Um, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, so following year, um, you guys go up to Annapolis, Maryland, mm-hmm. and um, take on the. It's one of only two wins. We still only have two wins over Navy. Uh, when you go up to Annapolis, and uh, you are in the first half of that game. You how many balls did you complete in a row? Twenty six in a row. At the time, that was the NCAA record. Correct. Correct. Yeah, 26 pass completions in a row. Um, were, did that have anything to do with what happened the year before, or did you just happen to be locked in that game? Just just one of those days where I was I was just in the zone. I was just in the zone. And, and actually, I think I got in my zone the game the week before because we played Memphis, and we I finished the game like 10 for 10. And then yeah. went into the next wow. game. 26 for 26. So it was just just one of those days. I it, I didn't do anything differently. I didn't nothing. It was just one of those days where everything was going right for us. Yeah, and you were red hot in the first half. Um second half Navy makes a comeback. Yeah, second um, half our first play of the game, we 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 throw it in incomplete. Yeah, and, and Navy, you know, starts their comeback and um drives it down the end of the game and has a chance to uh, – w- were they going to tie it with a field goal or win it with a field goal? Tie. Okay. was going to tie it, yeah. Okay, so uh, what was your, uh, just again, reaction on the sideline? You're standing there watching them miss that field goal. Was it, again, thank God? Uh, not This time I, I, I had a feeling he was going to miss because it was kind of a – I think it was kind of a far field goal because I think he, he was short maybe. But uh, I, I just remember it was no good. Yeah, uh, I, I, I just, I knew he was gonna miss that one. I, I wasn't, I wasn't even nervous or anything. I actually, I would have been shocked if he would made it. So you get the win over Navy, um, which it, to me was a huge win after what they had done to us the year before. Mm-hmm. It was good to, to atone to, for that loss and go to Annapolis and get the win. Um, you guys, uh, you, you, the Pirates pretty good in twenty eleven. Uh, you, you had some key injuries, kind of. Late in the years and games like UTEP, you guys should have won. You should have been in a bowl that year. Mm-hmm. The team was definitely good enough to be a bowl team. Um, but you come up short. Um, what are some other games that stick out in your memory uh, at your time at ECU for the 2010 and 2011 seasons? Um, I would definitely say uh, when we played UAB in the 2010 season, that was the game where we had to – we win that game. 
we bowl up. We bowl yeah, up. on a Thursday night, I remember that game. Yep, and I ended up uh, getting hurt that game. I hurt my shoulder, and um, they took me back to the locker room and like uh, examined me and everything, and, and said I, I I could still play. So I went back out there and threw threw three touchdowns and ran two touchdowns. So that that was a game that definitely sticks out for me because my shoulder. Lincoln still calling QB runs, and I just wanted to tell him, please stop calling QB runs because my shoulder <laughs> killing me. But he was calling them at perfect time where I wasn't getting touched, and I'm walking in the end zone. Nice. That's, that's, that's another game that stuck out for me. And um, uh, I hate bringing up losses, but uh, we played Marshall in 2011 in Marshall. And, and we oh yeah, for bowl eligibility. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that that was a doozy too. Even though we lost that game there, that that one stuck out too. He has a great game, a terrible ending, but a great game. Um, yep. that makes me think you 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 the game week the game before against UCF. Um, that was a fun game to watch. Uh, yeah, Pirates, yeah, Pirates won a close one on Senior Night. In Dottie Ficklin for the opportunity to play for bowl eligibility. Um, anything stick out to you about that one? Um, yeah, most of our, like you said, we, we got hit with the injury bug late in the season and we didn't have any running backs on the team. So I had to do all the running. So, um, <laughs> that game stuck out a lot. Cause I was, I was, I was dog tired after that one. Cause damn, I, I, I didn't, Lincoln calls maybe four or five runs for me. That game I had. I had, I had quite a few, I, I believe. And, um, yeah, just, just to win that game, my last game at Dowdy, and the fans, you know, uh, wishing me to farewell as I was walking off the field, that that game sticks with me too. No doubt. No, it, was, it was a great game. And, um, you know, unfortunately came up short in that Marshall game. But uh, I look back at that season. While it was a losing season, it was an enjoyable season. It was a yeah, fun was. season. Um, yeah. It Talk about Ruffin. Um, you know, I, I love Ruffin when he was fired. Um, you know, I'm one of the guys that was kind of behind getting Jeff Confer out of here. Uh, we worked feverishly at it uh, after Ruffin was disrespected like that. Um, talk about planning for Ruffin, what he was like as a man behind the scenes. Was he everything he portrayed? You know, I've had personal interactions with Ruffin. He's came across as everything he's portrayed to be in the media. Um, you know, I, I know towards the end, there was a lot of rumors that he was, you know, letting players come late to practice, depending on who they were, and running sloppy practices. Did you see any of that when you were here? My guess is no, or we would not have had the success we had. Absolutely, positively not. Like, yeah. no, because was was this the time when uh was was Lincoln still there or not? He was. He, he, he wasn't the last year, but uh, fifteen, but um. You had Dave Nichol as OC. It was still it was the same damn staff minus Ruffin. Excuse me, minus Lincoln and uh, Brandon. I was about to say if guys, I know Lincoln's not letting that fly. Guys coming coming to practice late, so I I I can't speak on that. But my personal experience, you're not coming to practice late for any type of reason with Lincoln. That he right. he's not playing that because he was he was a guy. If you wasn't doing the things in the classroom. You wasn't gonna play on the field, so why would he play you if you come to late to practice for any reason? Right. So you don't. Yeah, you, you didn't experience you roughing himself. You good leader, good organization skills. I mean, 
what what was dealing with him like? Oh man, he was he was like every everything is advertised. Like he he loved he loved his players, and that's as a, as a player, that's what you want from your coach. You you want a coach who one believes in you, and two who's gonna see you not only as a football player, but as a as a student, as a as a son, as a as a father. If who, if if they had kids, he 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 sees you more than just a football player, and that went a long way with with me and a lot of guys. And and it's easy to play for a guy who who treats you like that. Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of what I always got from Ross. And I didn't, you know, I I, I thought it was bunch of political BS when he was fired and um never never heard any of his players verify any of the things that were said uh, negatively um just just you know positive and um you know I, I hate to see him at NC State now but I'm glad he's still in coaching and uh hopefully one day in some kind of capacity an administrative capacity maybe maybe out to run the pirate club Stevie I could see uh Ruffin doing a good job doing that yeah that would I'm, ha- I'm happy for him but that's wild yeah NC State that's wild it is, well, you know, it had a lot to do with his father being sick and he wanted to be back in that area and kind of had to take a job where he could get a job. But yeah. I don't blame him. You know what? I don't blame him at all. He, he We fired him. Um, so, to me, at that point, he doesn't he doesn't owe us anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, love rough, but when it comes to East Carolina, I'm sorry, rough, but you you on that side. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you on game day. I'm with you 100%. <laughs> I tell you the 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 NC State fans I talk to they all love him, and I mean you know they they sure don't want to lose him. But yeah, I mean everywhere you go, if you bring up Ruffin McNeil, everywhere he's been, everybody's everybody's literally gonna. It's positive. Exactly, like nothing negative. If you you got something negative to say about Ruff, that's something personal, like with you inside. Cause exactly. He doesn't he doesn't come off or give anybody a reason to not like him. And, and I think Jeff Comfer found that out uh, after he fired him. Um, I've never seen a bigger backlash in my life from a fan base as there was towards that man after yeah. Ruffin was fired. And uh, really, it's at our athletic program back years. Um, that the Firing him started the process of a huge division in the fan base where you had the fans that were just, just support the university and then you had the fans that were like me that said, no, this is wrong. We're, we're going to make sure Jeff Comfer and these clowns, Shelly Benninger and the rest of that ilk that got their fired rough, we're going to make sure they get out of here. They fired one of us for, for no reason. And, uh, you know, I, it may have caused a lot of damage to the program, but I was, I and a lot of other people were going to do everything in our power to make sure Jeff Comfer suffered the same fate Ruffin did. Yep. So, um, so after after you play for the Pirates, um, you end up uh, going to the league uh, with the uh, with the with the Falcons. Um, I, talk about that. How about playing the NFL? Reunited with Matt Ryan again. Oddly enough, yeah. First thing I, I said when I signed with Atlanta, I was like, "Oh wow, I'm back with Matt Ryan." But my my rookie year, my whole rookie year, man, I was starstruck, literally <laughs> starstruck because I'm I'm with guys who. I, I watch on TV all the time. You got Roddy White, Julio Jones, uh, mm. Tony Gonzalez, Sean Witherspoon, Jonathan Abraham, like all these great players. So I'm, I'm like on cloud nine every day. Like wow, I'm around all these guys every day. And um, we went to the NFC Championship my my rookie year and lost to the Niners. 
and literally, like, I thought we was going to win because we was up, like, 10 points at half. So I'm in the locker room at halftime, like, oh, shit, we, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're really going to the Super Bowl. And it just went the other way, second half. So how many uh, how many years did you play in the league now? Uh, two years. Just I, okay, okay. I thought it was long. Two, two full years, and then I, I uh, spent a few weeks on the practice squad with like the Colts. Okay, and, uh, did, you, I was did, in camp with the Titans. Did you do? Uh, I can't remember. Forgive me. Did you do any CFL after that? Yeah. Or not? Uh, I did. I did. I, I after after I was with the Colts, I came straight to the CFL and been up here ever since. Oh, you are you still are you still playing? Yes, sir. Holy crap! I I really should have done some research. I'm good with recall. You you can see Stevie. I'm good with the recall. All this I remember from his East Carolina career, but I had no idea you were still playing in the CFL. I am so sorry. Forgive my ignorance. Yep, just finished my just finished my ninth season in the CFL. We uh, good God Almighty. British yep, came up short, lost in the uh, Western final. And uh, talk about yeah. talk a little bit about. The, the difference between I, I know I remember back you know I you know I, I'm from a very very small town uh, we got we actually got one of those huge satellites one year and we were able to watch CFL football with C band C band Stevie yeah exactly that's it yep. talk a little bit about that adjustment uh, to the to that game because there's there's a little bit different uh, rules especially with offense in the CFL yeah the the rules are different and like you got to get adjusted to the size of the field because the field is a lot, yeah. it's, it's a lot wider. wider. Yeah, and and it's and it's longer, like few, a few yards longer, like 20, 20 yards, like yeah, like twenty yards longer. So, um, it took it took me a whole year to get adjusted to the CFL, but after that, man, this it's a great place to be as far as uh, quarterbacks because it's a quarterback driven yeah. league and. We throw the ball a lot up here. Yeah, nine, nine years in the CFL after after uh, you know three seasons in the NFL. Um, that is a twelve year career, and you're still it doesn't sound like you're retiring. I mean, uh, that is phenomenal. I, I did not realize you were still playing in the league and still having success. I I don't follow CFL football. Um, I need to. I know there's a lot of pirates playing. Uh, I know oh Sneed, yeah, we got we got Tyler Sneed. Tyler Sneed, who just won the Great Cup. Yep, you got Justin Hardy who who just just made the uh, All Pro team basically. See there, you got Stanley Bryant who's been the best offensive lineman in the league for the past six years. Uh, you got Jordan Williams, who just who just uh won a Great Cup last year with Toronto. Uh, is Emmanuel Davis still playing up there? No, no, he he retired. As a matter of okay. fact, he retired in 2018 after he won the Great Cup. Okay. And then Mikael Brooks, he was up here for, for a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Pirates, uh, it's, it's a lot of Pirates in the CFL now. Yeah, and one of the greatest, you know, up there, um, I don't know if they talk about the lineage of the league very much, but one of the biggest stars in CFL history was a guy named Henry Gizmo Williams. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and he was a Pirate. Really? You didn't realize yeah. that, yeah. I did not he, know he, that. Yes, he was on the 83. Oh, you ever, my you ever, gosh. You ever hear people talk about that that eighty three team at East Carolina? Yeah, one of the greatest teams in East Carolina history. Yep. The eighty three team went eight and three, lost to Florida, Miami, and Florida State by a combined ten points. Um, that that was uh, Henry Gizmo Williams was uh, was running back right here. Oh, no shit! Wow, 
And he was known for doing flips. Had Marcus Candle too. Yeah, Mar- Marcus uh, played here in the '90s under Logan, and obviously he was a big star in the CFL. Yep. And uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, so yeah, Henry Henry Williams Gizmo. Um, so a lot well, of lineage. Go ahead, oh, go ahead, Stevie. Justin Butts making some comments up here. We we kind of missed a little bit. My bad. Uh, talking about he missed Dom being at ECU, and he was the man when he when when Justin was in Greenville. He said Dom was the man, and uh, he w- wants to know. I don't know. You'll probably get into this a little bit, Kyle. I don't know if you're through talking about uh, stuff. What does Dom think about the state of the program at ECU now? Mm. How much you want to get into it? That's up to you. Mm. Man, it's it's not looking it's not looking good right now. But but we did lose a lot of a lot of starters last year. Like yeah, most most of our guys who were the stars are going and those guys got plenty of experience throughout their careers at at East Carolina. So now it's a it's a shift. So it, it happens with a lot of teams, the majority of the teams, once when all your seniors and your upperclassmen are going, you gotta start all over. Now you started with young guys and it's gonna take some time. So right now we in a in a time right now where we just making a we just making a, a a a shift right now, and it's it's just a a, a rocky one. It's just a, a, a rocky a rocky situation. But I feel like once when the guys who we have now get that experience, and come next year and the year after, we'll be right back to where where we should be. The the the, the one issue is quarterback. Neither one of these two kids are going to be the starting quarterback next year. Um, uh, you know, you, you, you have Flynn's going to go to medical school. Uh, Garcia has not shown the ability he can play quarterback at this level. Um, so, going to have to hit the portal for quarterback. Uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick, um, that was announced Sunday by Coach Houston, mm-hmm. that this will be Donnie Kirkpatrick's last game as OC. So, uh, going to be making a change at OC. Um, you know, I don't know how much you've watched East Carolina the last couple of years. I, I – Firmly, and I believe we need a philosophy change on offense. I, I I don't know that Coach Houston would ever go full on Lincoln Riley style offense, but I think for East Carolina to to succeed at the highest level, meaning winning seven or eight games, getting back to you know as we were towards the end of you know, Ruffin and Lincoln being here, winning ten games a year, I really think we're going to have to go more wide open on offense. I think that just works better here. I, I believe so too, and um, and I love Coach K. I, coach K was the receivers coach when I was at East Carolina, and I love Coach K. And uh, that's 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 a tough situation, you know. You know, he's not the first coach to get fired; it won't be the last. So. Let me ask you a question, and I don't know how much you're going to really know the answer to this, but just tell me your gut. Okay. Knowing Donnie Kirkpatrick um, playing, you know, he wasn't your direct coach, but he was inside receivers coach when you were here. Uh, knowing his personality, um, the the conservative nature on offense, uh, run first, pass second. Um, do you think that's what Donnie wants to do by design, or do you think that's more what Coach Houston wants him to do? I think it goes both ways. I think I think as a head coach, you let you let your staff do their thing, and then like of, of course they just. You know, parted ways this past week. Um, he, he is he is coaching this last game. He's going to coach right, this also. Okay. Right, but uh, 
yeah, once when things get, you know, the way they are now, I feel like that's when it's coach's turn to step in and put his input. But I don't know. I feel like as a coach, you need you need guys. And like and like you guys saying, it's not like Coach K has the guys at quarterback per se. So no. Or the offensive line. If if you don't okay, and, and O line, so if you don't have those guys, it's hard to go out there and call certain plays when you know that you can't execute it. So you gotta you gotta call what the guys are they what they know and what they can what they can execute at a high level, and that's just how it is right now. It's, it, we just don't have the guys right now to run certain stuff where we're gonna see success. No, and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see how it plays out uh, the rest of the year. You know, I'm not one if we go get get you know butt raced by Tulsa. Houston may wind up with the same fate Donnie Kirkpatrick did. Who knows? But uh, we'll, time will tell. We'll know after the game this Saturday in the coming weeks if we're going to be hiring a, an OC or if we're going to be hiring a head coach. Also, um, I mean, so. I don't have a say so, but I feel like a guy who they should target is because uh, I saw this. Somebody said it the other day. Is Joe Sloan. He, he's East Carolina Pirate through and through. He bleeds purple and gold. He knows for OC or where's he at now? Uh, he's at uh, he's the quarterback coach at LSU. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. and be the OC and and run a yeah. wide open yeah. offense to where things can look better for for us on. on our yeah, team. he was with a uh, skip at uh Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's that's a. Uh, and he's a very he's a very very intellectual guy. Like he's very smart. He knows what he's doing. He just needs that opportunity. He just needs someone to give him the opportunity to show that he can be a, a great play caller. You know, I don't know that Houston has the. I don't know that Houston has the luxury to take a chance um, because of this season going to win two or three games. He's going to be on the hot seat next year. Uh, I do agree. Joe Sloan is a great offensive mind. Good coach, and he is a pirate. Um, but and, and I just don't know that Houston is going to give somebody who hasn't been an OC that opportunity. But yeah, great quarterbacks coach. Um, and uh, that is something we definitely need just to develop quarterbacks. Hey, uh, um, Lincoln Riley wasn't an office coordinator. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, and I'm not saying Joe Sloan couldn't do it, or and I'm not saying it wouldn't be a good hire. I, I just I just wonder if Houston would take a chance on somebody that hadn't been an OC at this point. Right. And my thing is the way our season is now. Nothing to lose. Like what what OC is going to be like, yeah, I'd love to come to East Carolina. Yeah, I've thought about that too, Dom. Um, I, I, I think um, you, you may end up having to hire somebody like Joe Sloan that's unproven as an OC. Uh, my guess, no one coach Houston, is he's going to probably go hire an FCS OC with having such a strong background in the FCS. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you. I don't know how many OCs are going to leave FBS jobs to come here right, uh, right now. So, hey, Bubba, know. put that put that uh, comment up you just made, Bubba. Because he said, he said word is uh, he would only leave LSU to, to return to be head coach due to his situation at LSU. He's getting 600000 as quarterback coach. Okay. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, he ain't, yeah, yeah, he ain't coming to East Carolina. <laughs> no, well, we we can well we can pay him similar as OC. We're paying Donnie four fifty, so we we can pay him similar as OC. Um, 
I just don't know. You know, we'll see. But um, so that'd be interesting to see who uh, you know how that plays out. Uh, what other names come up? Um, Dom, I'm, I'm glad to hear you. You still you sounds like you're you 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 still love the program. You're still a pirate. You've been busy playing in the CFL. Have you had a chance to get back for a game since you graduated? I have not. Is and matter of fact, I just finished my degree last year. I just graduated uh, May 2022. Oh wow! So that was my first time being being back when I when I had to walk the stage. But I, I didn't realize that. That yep, is uh, yep. that is uh, congratulations on completing yep. your uh, degree. Yeah, thank and, you. And uh, I'm glad to hear you walked. Um, I, I had a, I had a, uh, oh yeah, I, this is a follow up question to that. You just, you just talked about walking. You know, you're, you're a, you're, you're a veteran quarterback in the CFL, and it's something that I ask a lot of former players. Um, the university, the alumni association, and the Pirate Club, uh, have they reached out to you? They have not. They have not. Yeah, that hmm. doesn't surprise me. Um, and I want I want everybody in Pirate Nation to hear that um, and and remember that. Um, yep. They have not reached out to Dominique Davis. Yeah, um, listen, I've tried and I've tried to reach out to them and I got nothing. Wow! Wow! You hear that, Ryan Robinson, uh, at the Pirate Club? Um, but uh, yeah, um, I'll tell you what. You know, I can put you in touch with the Pirate Club rep that would be glad to talk to you. But it's a shame that the university. Um, a guy who's a star in the CFL, a guy who played in the league, a guy who was, well, the short time he was here, you know, God knows the kind of records you would have said if you'd have been here four years. Um, and, and, you know, the university just ignores him. That is an ongoing issue and um, something that we've talked about at nauseum on the show, that um, our university, particularly at the fundraising level, um, neglects a lot of people. And it's not just former players. It's a lot of people that go neglected, um, you know, that, that would give more money, um, if they felt like they were appreciated more. And, um, I, I don't know what we're doing. I don't understand why we do some of the things we do in those aspects, but, uh, yeah, pirate club, you, you just heard it right here on the show. Somebody get this to Ryan Robinson or somebody over in the pirate club building. Uh, you know, uh, Dominic Davis wants to talk to y'all. Man, so, we, we've like a lot of former players. Cause I, I still talk to, some former players still today. And we always talk about the great times we've had, we've had at in Greenville and yeah. And how we just, yeah, we always want to go back, but you know, guys got families and I'm in Canada with my career. So it'd be hard to go come back, but it would be nice if, you know, like you said, pirate club or anybody would reach out to, to more guys. No, it, it only makes sense. It's only going to benefit the university. Um, you know, to me, not only you guys, if you guys, you know, give money, give back to the university, donate, it's more money for the university. And yeah. to me, you get a Dominique Davis. I, I want to get you involved in the pirate club because I want you, Hey, in the off season, Dom, can you make some phone calls? Imagine a pirate fan just sitting there and they get a phone call from the pirate club and it's Dominique Davis talking to them on behalf of the pirate club. Hey, look, we need this and that. What can you do? I mean, it, to me, that would be a lot more effective than sending out a letter. Definitely. I, I agree. I agree. And I'm off season now, so I, I got plenty of time to do do whatever for East Carolina. There you go. There you go. Somebody, somebody get the Bubba, you know, make sure you get this audio over to to, to, to uh John Gilbert and to uh, Ryan Robinson at the Pirate Club because uh this this is something that we try to to point out 
and not not in the negative way. We do it because we love the university and we love you guys. And, and Bubba said, "Done." He's already got it over. He's making sure they hear this. And uh, you know, it's 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 ridiculous. It's beyond ridiculous that they're not reaching out to you guys more. And um, nah. I will say this, I, and I don't know how many people are listening, but as much as the fans love us, we love the fans just as much, just as much. Like that's a thing we talk about. Like after leaving, like man, like the stadium, it was so it used to be a, a, a sellout crowd every home game, and the fans was rowdy and and, and loud and, and rowdy dowdy. Like every home game, like it was one of the best places to be. And even talking to other players who've played at East Carolina, always say, "Man, like." East Carolina got one of the best stadiums I ever played in because the fans are so 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 crazy. Like, yeah, that's that's Greenville for you. No, we we love pirate football. We're very passionate about pirate football. We want nothing more than for pirate football to be successful at a very high level. And you know, I I think one of the things that happens here is a lot of our fans see us big time, and and players like you see us as big time. And I think some of the current administration uh, think we're. Uh, you know, think we're just a, a group of five school, just another Aceran football team. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's not the case. I'm glad to hear the passion in your voice for the for the university and for the fan base. And the fan base feels the same about you and all the players that wear the purple and gold. Uh, you know, you, you guys, to me, once you once you wear the purple and gold, you play here, you know, and sometimes you, the fans can be critical. It, it, it comes with the territory, but – we love you, man. We 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 love y'all. Just like you know, I'm glad to hear that the players, you know, love the fans back. And uh, yes, it's the way it should be. Yeah, got another comment up. Another couple comments up here. We might want to read out. Uh, Noah Callum, if I'm saying your last name wrong, I'm sorry, bud. Noah Callum says, "I remember doing my third grade project on the legendary Mr. Davis." Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Make you feel old, Dom. How old is he oh, now? Wow. Man, I'm, I I already feel old. I got I got young guys on on our team now who call me old every single day. <laughs> uh, I bet you can still light it up. Um, third grade project on Dominic Davis. That's pretty cool. That's what's up. I appreciate you, Noah. Man, I appreciate that. That's what's up. That's cool. Noah now has three children and is 27 years old. No, I'm, I'm Wait, sure he's he's 24. <laughs> 24 now. 24. There you go. All right. Well, I, w- I went too far off. <laughs> but, uh, I hope you got an A on that uh, project, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Stevie, do you have anything else uh, you wanted to? Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about this. You're, 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 or, or where are you at right now? Are you in Canada or are you in the States? Uh, I actually just got home in the States uh, yesterday for Thanksgiving. Okay. So you celebrate Thanksgiving. That's what I was about to ask you about. What, what are your Thanksgiving plans? Uh, just go see all the family who's cooking and eat, <laughs> eat their food and say thank you and go to the next house. What's so, uh, what, what, what's your, what's your, uh, g- give me uh, your favorite Thanksgiving dishes. Fried turkey, fried Ooh, turkey. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, dressing or some people call it stuffing. That's, that's the two main things I, I, I go for. Do you have a favorite Thanksgiving dessert? Uh, man, I'm, I get, I get, like uh killed for this every time I say it. I'm I'm not a big Thanksgiving dessert person. I do not really? like sweet potato pie, oh, pumpkin yeah. pie. I don't I can't I don't I don't do it. 
Well, you, did you, well, well, I mean, you know, you, there's other dessert. You, you could have chocolate pie. You, you can have apple pie. You, you could have a banana pudding. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a big pie person. I'm, you don't I'm like pie really at all. Not. Like I'm. I'm. A, I like cake. I, I love cake. So You'll see a lot of cake, cake on Thanksgiving. I see the cake. Yeah, my mom. <laughs> great. Somebody making the cake. I'm. I'm all game. Okay, so somebody. Uh, somebody. When you maybe one of your family members. What's your favorite cake? Oh man, I. Uh, I got three. I got, I like, I like double chocolate. All right. I like red velvet. I was going, I was going to guess red velvet for some reason. And I like, I like, uh, vanilla cake with chocolate icing. Okay. All right. So what a Dom's family member. So he's going to Thanksgiving for tomorrow. Make make that man a cake. Oh, I'm Um, pretty sure somebody has something. You can't can't get no red velvet cake. I can't imagine there'll be a, a Thanksgiving celebration without somebody having a cake there. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's it's usually somebody uh, bakes a cake every year, so we stay consistent. Yeah, so, Justin Butts is is saying he loved you as a student in Greenville when he was. I appreciate a you, Justin. That's what's up, man. And there's a Justin and Jessica on their comment from YouTube saying y'all better give me a shout out. Uh, I don't know if you. Know who Justin and Jessica is, Kyle? I uh, no, I know my wife Jessica, who's sitting right here. I have no idea who Justin and Jessica is. That wants a shout out, but shout out. I, to I don't know if it's Justin Butts on Facebook and on YouTube at the same time, but uh, yeah. Okay, well, we'll, we'll definitely shout. We'll definitely shout out Justin Butts. Uh, you know who? Uh, you and know got- he and his family are. Uh, you know behind the the hauler there, the hauls equipment for East Carolina and major donors. To ECU, uh, the Butts family gives an excess of $100,000 a year to the Pirate Club, and they're largely ignored by the Pirate Club also, Dom, so don't feel out, <laughs> left out. <laughs> Justin, Justin, have you gone to pick up that offensive lineman we were talking about a few few. There you weeks. go. Justin's talking about it right there on the screen. Yeah. Hey, man, shout, shout out to Justin Butts, uh, one of my one of my biggest fans. He he on here coming in. Hey, big donor. Big donor. Yeah, yeah him and his family really are. That's not BS, so. I, uh, uh, that, that's, uh, you know, and, and to me again, uh, Pirate Club really doesn't, <laughs> I don't know what level you have to be for the Pirate Club to care about you. I, you're giving, I don't think there is a level. You must, you must have to be given a million a year. Um, but anyway, uh, Dom, um, we, uh, we hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving, man. Um, oh, yo, oh, I know, I know what Stevie's fixing today. Yeah. We got to do the two-minute drill. I don't know if you've heard of this, Dominic, but uh, two-minute drill, some quick-hitting questions we like to ask. You know, it can be about anything from sports uh, to just uh, I got pop culture, a little bit of everything. So just no wrong answers, just whatever comes to your head. All right, let's do it. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Favorite music artist? Oh, man. Right now, I say J. Cole. Okay. Lake or beach? Beach. Turf or grass? Grass. All day, every day. Twice on Sunday. I don't think we'll ever get nobody to say turf on that question. Uh, Favorite movie? Friday. Ah, great, great pick. Favorite TV show? Oh, man. See... See, this could be a whole day. Yeah, it doesn't have to be current. So you can go yeah. back to something you like. But see, t- 
TV shows is what I do. So like, okay. that's that's all a right. question I get all the time, and I'd be like, ah. But all right, well, give us off, your off top, the top of my head right now. Off the top of my head right now, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Power. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Going from that. Favorite food? Uh, I would say I'm, I'm a I'm a pasta guy, so any anything pasta like chicken Alfredo, you, it, from chicken Alfredo all the way to spaghetti, I'm I'm down. If it's pasta, I'm down. Uh, Dom, I had lasagna for lunch and chicken parmesan oh, spaghetti man. for dinner. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it was. Favorite place in Gre- when you were in Greenville to hang out? Mmm, sup dogs. Ah, oh, I hear you. There you go. Uh, favorite sport to watch? <laughs> Do I have to choose football? Yeah, <laughs> you do whatever you want. Basketball. Go Celtics. Because did you see that three last night from the Pirates? Say what? Did you see the shot last night from the East I did. Carolina basketball? I saw that. I saw the half I saw the half court shot. Yeah. yeah. East Carolina basketball was the top story on the eleven o'clock sports center last night. I don't think that's ever happened before, may never happen again. Hey, yeah. see people rushing the court. It was amazing. All right, toughest opponent you went up against could be a like a, a linebacker or a team, like an individual or a team. Uh, I would say Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech has been giving me issues ever since I was at Boston College, and then it just carried over to East Carolina. If you could be on any sports team in history, what which team would it be? It would be the. Ooh. See, I'm not, I'm not, I'm taking football out. I'm taking football okay. out. Uh, it would be the uh, 2008 Boston Celtics. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> all right. Who's your favorite Celtic of all time? Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. Yeah, I read that on his bio that he, he thought Paul Pierce was his favorite athlete. Um, all right, last but not least, your favorite moment while you were at ECU. My very first game of, of my East Carolina career. I figured that was going to be Versus it. Tulsa, that Hail Mary. Yeah, it's hard to top that. <laughs> All right, I think he scored on that one. Yeah, good answers. Yeah, not, not, there's a lot of great wrong. moments, but that was the first one that came to the top of my head. Of course, yeah, that, game, but definitely that Hail Mary. First first game, can't top that. That was a good way to start off. That's yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, it was fantastic. Great memory. And, uh, Something you can find on YouTube uh, if you're a younger pirate, maybe haven't ever seen yep. that. It's hard to believe that has been um, uh, 13 years ago now. Time, so, yeah, crazy. So you got some young pirates who may have never seen that. Go watch it on YouTube. But uh, Dom, uh, is there anything else? Uh, any anywhere on social media that uh, we can follow you? Um, any information you want to get out there before we uh, let you get out of here and enjoy your Thanksgiving? Uh, I mean, I got I got my Instagram uh, D underscore Davis QB six and. Uh, that's pretty much what I'd be on for the most part. But if you anybody want to follow me or connect with me, hey, that's the perfect place to uh, get in touch with me. And I am going to ask you one more quick question that came to mind that I wanted to ask earlier, and then we'll, we'll let you get out of here. Uh, with the with, with the USFL and the XFL merging, um, do, do you? I, I get the sense that the Canadian Football League is still the place to go if you can't be in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Do you think with the USFL and XFL merging that it'll eventually become a, the true number two league in America, or do you still think the CFL will always be the place to go if you're not going to be in the league? See, technically, 
CFL isn't like the second best league in America because because like it's it's Canada it's Canada right it's, yeah right yeah. so but I I do think I no I don't I, honestly I don't I don't think so because when you think about the XFL and the USFL like they they start up and then they they go and then it just ends and then they start then they do it all over again and then it ends and then they just keep doing it CFL it's about to be the 100th the 111th season next season with no no hiccups so i feel like uh the CFL will always be second like the second biggest league right. in, in next to the NFL because it's so much uncertainty with the XFL and USFL because you don't know how long it's going to last. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. And uh be interested to see. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Dom. Uh, you, you should. You may remember it. Uh, you're, you're, you're old enough to remember it. But uh, CFL tried to expand into America in the mid-'90s. Uh, had a couple yeah. of teams. And, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, it was when uh, Rocket, when Ishmael came. Yeah, yep, yep. As a matter of fact, um, it was one year where an American team won the CFL. I, I did not realize that. Yep. yep. I, I, I'm curious yeah, if the CFL will ever try that again. My guess at some point is yes. Um, but, you know, that could be 20 years down the road. Who knows? But uh, Yeah. The issue with, with the Canadian Football League is endorsements and uh, just money in general because when it comes to – NFL and CFL is night yeah. and day. It's night and day. Do you do any and, and do you do any Tim Horton commercials? That's what, that's the only business <laughs> I know in Canada. Is Tim Horton. <laughs> nah, not yet. But they they do get guys who who, who do those commercials. Yeah, it, 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 Tim Horton's ducking donuts or Krispy Kreme. If you had to choose between the three. Oh, Krispy Kreme all day, every day. A North Carolina donut. Okay. Man, huh. so, as soon as you see that 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 hot light on, you got it. You got to pull in. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right, Dom, we, we appreciate you having, uh, joining us. Uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving and the rest of your holiday season. And uh, you're always welcome here on the Sports Objective. And uh, we're going uh, to see if we can't make the Pirate Club reach out to you. Uh, and, I appreciate uh, it. I appreciate right. it. And I, I had a great time on here. Whenever you guys want me on, I, if I'm if I'm available, I'll be there. I appreciate it. Have a happy yeah. Thanksgiving, buddy. Yes, sir. You guys too. All right. Thanks, Dom. All right. So, Stevie, that was Dominique Davis from former East Carolina quarterback. And a uh, great, great interview by Dom. Glad, glad to yeah, hear his uh, love. You can tell he truly loves East Carolina and the and the fan base. And, uh, and it's you know, just a shame what he said about the Pirate Club, you know. It doesn't surprise me. That's kind of why, you know, why I asked him the question. Um, you know, on my other podcast, when I've interviewed some ECU players before, and, and off, off the record, you know, not during the interview, we, we've talked about uh, their – relationship with ecu and they're like no you know nobody ever contacts us yeah and the reason and we've done it off the air some too but the reason i want to start doing it on the oh air, yeah on a regular basis is because that's how you're going to make it change get, get your point across get yeah. it out there exactly and it's only to help the university i mean <laughs> if you had dominique davis making phone calls right now I mean, you think that might be more effective than, than, than a letter from John Gilbert about NIL? I mean, I'm just saying. I would anyway. Think so. But anyway, uh, teamboneyard.org, uh, there it is on the screen. If you want to give the NIL, Stevie, you can get, you can join for as little as $10 a month. 
that's a combo at Bojangles. Um, Look, you can't even buy freaking uh, what a couple of cheeseburgers and, and fries and a drink at, at Burger King for that. Not hardly. So, um, join teamboneyard.org, team behind the team. Look, and if you don't want to give the team boneyard, maybe you don't like the Hittons, whatever, uh, you can go straight to the university, get in touch with the compliance officer for, uh, for NIL at ECU. Um, Bubba, if you can think of her name, if you will, type it on the screen. Um, and, uh, that's another way you can also, uh, give to NIL. Um, so, uh, Stevie, uh, we're going to do a couple more things here. One, we'll talk about the basketball game. I was like, did you get to see that? Oh, yeah. There I, we go. Right on the screen. Yeah. Uh, our, our compliance officer for NIL is Alex Kitty, K-E-D-D-I-E. Um, so, uh, get in contact with them at ECU. I'm assuming, and this is just an assumption. So if it's the wrong email, I apologize. It is probably, um, Alex K at ECU.edu would be my guess, or A Keddy at ECU.edu. Right, right. Yeah, one of those two, probably ACU.edu. And that is, again, K-E-D-D-I-E, uh, if you want to give that way instead of Team Boneyard. Um, you keep so, doing that. It makes me think, yeah, it's making me think of the freaking UBE commercial back in the day. What what, what, what about <laughs> it? I was like, UBE or DD, UBE for ECU. Oh, UBE for ECU University Book Exchange. Yeah. 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 I, um, Remember it well. So, uh, did you get a chance to see the, the game last night? I didn't see the game. I did see uh, on SportsCenter this morning, though, when I woke up this morning. Because, like I said, last last three days for me have been like a blur. But uh, looking on SportsCenter this morning and, and pleasantly surprised to see the uh, the, the last-second shot win the game for ECU on SportsCenter. Like you said. It was the top story at the, ele- at the 11 o'clock SportsCenter on ESPN2 last night after the yeah. uh, Maxon. And they actually got the name right, too. Yeah, East Carolina didn't call us Eastern Carolina. So, uh, big big time shot, half court shot by Bobby um, Pettiford Jr. Yeah, well, I about said I about said Bobby Duncan Jr. Um, <laughs> we're not we're not the West Texas rednecks up here. Yeah, exactly. Only only me and you and maybe one other person knows that Bobby Duncan Jr. is <laughs> West Texas rednecks. That's right. But uh, Bobby Pettiford Jr. Um, and by the way, uh, Hank Williams Jr., excuse me, David Allen Coe had a song called I'm not going to call Hank Williams Jr. Jr. anymore. And after uh, last night, I don't think I'm going to call Bobby Pettiford Jr. Jr. anymore. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I uh, big time shot, midcourt, unbelievable moment. And what I like most about last night's game was the mentality. Um, we had lost a couple games we really shouldn't against upset against Northeastern yeah. with uh, Brandon Johnson being out. And – I really felt that that team last night had it that they were not going to go one and two in their own tournament. They, they wanted to make sure they finished it two and one. And um, Kennesaw was the best team on paper we had played this year, tournament team last year. And uh, down by eight with about three minutes to go, come back, win it on, on the, on the uh, last second shot there from midcourt. I just love the mentality that those guys believed that they were supposed to win. To me, that bodes very well for the team going forward that, you know, Lots of times in the past, pirate basketball didn't have that mentality. These guys believe they are supposed to win, and that makes a big difference too, bud. No, it really does. Yeah. So, uh, big road test against George Mason Saturday. Um, uh, if we can win that one, to me, that'd be like getting one of those losses to Upstate or to Northeastern back, because I don't know how many people really expected us to beat George Mason on the road first road game of the year. So, to me, if you can pull off the upset uh, up against the Patriots, uh, you're 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 right where you need to be. So, uh, 
But anyway, we'll, we're going we're gonna, to um, we're gonna jump into football a little bit and talk about the Tulsa game, the offensive coordinator situation. Mm. But before we do that, the reason everybody watched, Stevie. Oh, yeah. Top five. And uh, tonight, is I didn't even do a list. I'm going to just do it off the top of my head. Top five Thanksgiving foods. And since you have a list, I'm gonna let you start it, and then I'm and then I'll and then I'll I'll, we'll rotate. So, Stevie, you go ahead with your number five Thanksgiving food. I'm gonna start off with dessert, and it's a good old fashioned, my mom's good old fashioned homemade chocolate cake. I mean, homemade chocolate icing, and she makes the layers and everything. Yeah. Oh, you should share that with Dom. Yeah, and then look, the the key is the with hers. And she always talked talk about how she talks about how ugly it is because it's got a crack in it. But the crack and it, I mean, crack kills. Yeah, it does. But the crack in the cake, that is where you want to get because the, the homemade icing seeps in there. And it, oh my gosh. So, the five for you is your mama's homemade chocolate cake. Yeah. Um, crack kills, bud. <laughs> it does. Um, I'm going to go, uh, man, you got me thinking dessert too. Um, and I'm going to go number five for me. Um, I'm going to go combination, very traditional, um, any kind of any kind of pumpkin or sweet potato pie um, would be number five for me. My wife's making a pumpkin cheesecake. Um, so any, any kind of thing from that area would be number five for me. Okay. I could do, well, I see, I can do a little bit of pumpkin stuff, but not like, not like everybody else can. I can handle it in, in, in small doses. Small doses, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All What's right. Number four. Number four is something I, as a kid, I thought was the grossest thing ever. Just looking at it because I thought somebody is actually cooking grass. Uh, but uh, co- good old fashioned collards. Oh, um, man. Love collards. Yes. And I've over the years, I've gotten rid of where I love collards, especially if you got the right seasoning in with it. That makes it even that much better but yeah collards is my number four you know i don't, I don't really associate collards with thanksgiving um we, we certainly do have them on thanksgiving some years love collards but uh number four for me i'm gonna go a homemade mac and cheese um love a good homemade baked mac and cheese um uh, you can't beat it um uh, in fact it goes good with collards side of collards side of mac and cheese that's pretty damn good um, so, uh, number four for me, it's going to be homemade, not out of no stinking box, mac and cheese. <laughs> All right. Number three for me, I mean, some people call it stuffing or, or whatever you, you call it dressing. Yeah. yeah. That's stuffing or dressing for me. And that was something, uh, I didn't like the only ones that as a kid I would eat was the, uh, was it stovetop stuffing? Yeah. But you know, as I've grown older, just like with collars, just as I've grown older, you know, dressing that you you know that you actually make it is it, freaking awesome and i'm looking for, i'm really looking forward to, i hope somebody's got some good dressing tomorrow yeah uh, i would I, i'm a big dressing fan also uh, i know tomorrow uh, we will not have homemade dressing because my sister or my wife neither one make homemade dressing so um um unfortunately uh we're gonna be dealing with the stove top tomorrow but uh, so I'm not gonna put dressing on my list because I'm not gonna get I, any good dressing. I can, handle, I can still handle stovetop, but yeah, but on Thanksgiving, you want that good cornbread dressing or maybe some mm-hmm. oyster dressing, and um, I'm, we're gonna get some old raggedy stovetop. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm my, for my sister and my wife, I hope y'all, I know my wife's listening, she's sitting here, 
She's going to tell me if you don't like one. You want to learn how to make some damn dressing. Yourself. That's probably what they're saying right now. Exactly. So, uh, number three for me, um, you know, I'm going to go sweet potato casserole. Um, Love a sweet potato casserole. Uh, Pecans, marshmallows, um, nice and sweet where the potatoes have been, sweet potatoes have been mashed down. Um, where it borderlines on a dessert where you're eating it as a side and you think, should I be eating this as a dessert? So number three, I'm gonna go sweet potato casserole. All right. Number two for me, and Dom said it earlier. It you know, turkey, I like the old fashioned turkey, but give me a good old fried turkey too. And and you know, my my and I and this is my nephew, and he's actually like maybe five or six years younger than me. But it would go to his house sometimes. He'll have he had a jalapeno injected turkey. Ooh. Yeah, it was freaking off the chain too. But uh, any kind of turkey. The only thing, only thing about that freaking turkey is I like to eat so much of it, and you know it's got that that chemical in it. Trick trick the moon. Yeah, automatically makes you sleepy, and I'm like, jeez, yeah, that, that's what it does to me. But yeah, I ate a, I ate a, a lot of turkey over the holidays. Yeah, number two, I'm on. I'm on. Um, you know, I'm sitting here trying to debate what what I want to go number two. Um, it's one or two things, Charlie. I'm. I think I'm gonna go. I don't. Man, I'm all over the place on this one. Um, I should have made a list. <laughs> I really should have. I think. I, I think I'm gonna go turkey. Um, I think I'm gonna just gonna go straight up turkey. Uh, any way, any way you can have it. Um. <laughs> Whether it's fried, uh, traditional, like we're going to have it tomorrow, just traditional oven roasted turkey. Um, so, and, and got to have gravy. And I would always do my turkey, Stevie. I'll, I'll put a little gravy on some, then I'll put a little cranberry sauce on some. Oh, I got you. So, uh, yeah, okay, right. number, number two is turkey. Bubba, put that comment up. That Bubba's talking about your sweet potato casserole. Yeah, he loves screw, it. Screw the marshmallows on top, brown sugar crust the topping with. And it is pecans. I call it pecans. What do you call it, Kyle? Pecans, baby. We're from Northeastern North Carolina, Stevie. That's how we roll. Um, <laughs> What's your talking about? He's pecans. saying pecans. Yeah. Pecans. Yeah, pecan. Um, I, I, both, Bubba, both. You can do pecans and marshmallows on top. It, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Um, but uh, it, it is phenomenal. Um. What's your number one, Stevie? Number one is good old fashioned country ham, salty country ham, make your blood pressure go up. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's you know, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna freak some people out here because you guys, if you don't know me real well, uh, I am a ketchup loving fool, and the only ketchup is Heinz ketchup, but I actually put dip my country ham with ketchup. You know, I can see it. Never done it. Doesn't freak me out. Awesome. Um, it's freaking awesome, dude. I, I can see it. That should uh, make almost everything taste better. I don't almost. know that. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I said almost. Yeah, I can think of several things I'd rather have without ketchup. Um, but I, I do like ketchup. I'm a ketchup fan. Um, yeah. My number one, and we're not having it tomorrow, but uh, I love a chocolate pie. Uh, chocolate silk mm-hmm. pie, chocolate cream pie. Uh, chocolate meringue pie. Um, also, lemon meringue would get an honorable mention um, because uh, my mama, God rest her soul, uh, made a tremendous lemon meringue pie. Um, so that would also be on my list. But uh, chocolate pie is going to be my number one, and nobody's making one tomorrow. 
that I'm aware of. Um, so uh, it's not too late if you're going to be at Thanksgiving tomorrow at my sister's to make a chocolate pie for me. Bubba saying I'm like Julian and Big Daddy the movie regarding ketchup. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I look. I tell. I'll tell you this. People. People think I'm weird for my ketchup stuff, but uh, and I, I am picky. I'm picky about that. Yeah, Jessica's cousin is like that. She's got a cousin that puts ketchup on everything. Look, Heinz. Look, don't even give me start. Hunt. No. Uh, Del Monte makes the best ketchup. All right, we'll see y'all next week. And if Kyle will be by himself next week. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. I, look, and it just it just worked out where, you know, of course, being a Steelers fan like I am, when they started calling it the, the field, Heinz Field, I was like, yeah. it's not. And then they had a freaking, when they got in the red zone, I don't know if you ever saw it or not, Kyle, when the Steelers used to be when they got in the red zone, there was a big ketchup bottle up there on the or they had like a at near the scoreboard that would light up it would turn red but <laughs> i was like is that not just meant and now they changed the name to some freaking acrosure in short stadium should have kept it highest field well I, i'm sure that whoever gave them the most money but uh, I'm sure. any uh any honorable mentions uh for your thanksgiving foods oh let me see if i now there's a dessert one of my cousins make it's like a chocolate eclair. Oh yeah, yes, not right. a chocolate eclair yeah. like a donut, but the no, chocolate, chocolate like eclair a, like it's like chocolate. It's and almost like, like a, a version of banana pudding, but it's chocolate. chocolate. Yes, yes, I love those. I've not had. I could, years. I could take a shovel and just start putting that in. That 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 goes right up there with the uh, with the chocolate pie. That that to me falls in that same category. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, yeah, I'm with you. Hey, tell your cousin to hook a brother up. Um, I uh, what about you? Ever you ever had uh, garden pea casserole? Have with, not. Um, you know, uh, I, I would be like open to try fried it. onions on the top. Well, that's like sounds like green bean casserole, except green bean, or just, see, they call it garden, you can use garden peas or the string bean casserole. Oh, we do it with green beans all the time. I, I have done, I have had the, the string bean, but it, you know, either way, I, that's one of that's one of my favorites. We'll be having it tomorrow. My sister's making it. Um, so we will uh, be having green bean casserole tomorrow. Yeah, this, the, you can put those crunchy French fried onions on top of a Buick and want to eat it. So, I mean, it's, you know, they kind of make it. Um, that would be one of my honorable mentions also would be the uh, green bean casserole. Um, I could go on and on about desserts, uh, but I won't do that. Uh, my wife makes pecan pie. Um, everybody loves my wife's pecan pie. Um, I, I can take it or leave it, and it's so funny because she makes it, and it's like her specialty, and everybody raves about how good it is. And I'm like, eh, it's just so so. Oh wow, <laughs> but well, she knows, she knows. It's just I'm not a huge. I love chocolate pecan pie, um, and it's a it's a traditional pecan pie with the Cairo syrup. It's just my wife seems to make it perfect every time, um, and. I've just, to me, it's just sweet. It's just sweet. There's no distinct flavor to it. So I can eat it. I, I don't mind it. But if I'm going to have a pecan pie, I'd much rather have a chocolate pecan pie. Okay. So you can tell I'm a pretty big fan of chocolate. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, so Stevie, uh, Tulsa Golden Hurricanes this Saturday. Um, new offensive coordinator coming down the pike. Um, potentially a new head coach, depending on how things play out this Saturday, despite what anybody says. Um, I, you know, uh, 
any, you know, anybody come to mind to you uh, for coaching candidates for the OC? I mean, just what you guys have been talking about, but that the one that uh, I had no idea. I don't, and I don't, judging from your uh, from your uh, reaction, talking about Joe Sloan, that that intrigues me right there. You know, but I don't think they'll they'll be able to get him like like publicly. They, you know, I don't know that I would put that much money in a guy that's an unproven offensive coordinator. Right. Um, I, I think we could get him. I, I just don't know. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I see how, I, how, Seth how is somebody that really interests yeah. me. I don't know that I don't even know that Houston knows Seth Latrell from a box of rocks, but I, I, uh, I, I that's somebody that really interests me. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of good, a lot of good candidates out there. I'm gonna take the time, hopefully over the weekend, to sit down and come up with a really, you know, good list of, of coaches I think we should consider for OC. Well, the thing is, a lot of it depends on how this game goes Saturday, or whether we're just hiring an OC, or maybe we're looking for something else too. Yeah, depending on who you believe. Um, I, yeah. I, you know, I think it is entirely possible if we lose Saturday that uh that we're looking for a head coach, and we, I am we, fully prepared for a head coaching. I'm fully prepared for a head coaching list. Uh, that list I have ready. You think if it's a blowout and just a god awful game, kind of like we were on offense last week? You think we're looking a new head coach? I think it's going to be hard to sell anybody on anything else. Um, if we go out there and lose, say, 38-10, uh, something like that, or, well, defense will play better than that. Let's say it's 24 to nothing. Um, then, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty hard to to, to sell anybody on uh, keeping Houston. I don't know who's going to buy season tickets at that point. Uh, my gut tells me we'll win this game. Uh, we'll find a way to win it. And uh, we'll be hiring a new OC. That's my gut. Right. And, and look, I will not. He, he, as much as I've been vocal about, you know, saying that I would make a change to hit coach, um, I will not be cheering against East Carolina this weekend. I'm not hoping for a loss. I do not have that ability in me right. to cheer against the Pirates, no matter if I want a coaching change or not. Um, so I hope the Pirates win, which means we'll be looking for a new OC. And um, I just hope I hope Mike Houston is willing to have a philosophy change on offense. And whoever he hires as OC, uh, hope has the ability maybe to bring quarterback with him or has a good portal, you know, connection to get one in here. And um, I hope he gets him full control of the offense, turns the reins over, and don't hold him back, whoever it is. Yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of ironic. You know, both of my other teams I pulled for, NFL and college football, fired or well, fire, whatever you say, fired their offensive coordinators this week. Matt Cannon. Finally gone from from Pittsburgh. Should should we hire Matt Canada? No, good gosh, no! Do we not do that? He was a good college coach. He was okay. He did really well when he was at the Pittsburgh uh, Panthers at the one year he was OC there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I'd, whew, that would be like a nightmare if I saw that come across the screen. I, I wouldn't hate it, man. I wouldn't hate it, honestly. I've oh, dealt with it for the last what four or five years, so yeah. Well, I I'm not saying this who I won't, but um, I wouldn't hate it. So, all right, Stevie, um, no, another show in the books. Um, football season kind of coming to an end for the Pirates after this week. We will still do shows. The 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 uh, just another sports podcast isn't going anywhere. We might not do it weekly. Uh, me and Stevie are gonna have to get on that. We might uh, we might do it bi-weekly after football yeah. season. 
Um, you know, depending on what there is to talk about, uh, we will definitely have a, uh, we got a comment from Justin Butts. Look up Josh, look up Josh Stepp. University of Cincinnati tight ends coach. Okay. I'll, I'll uh, definitely look him up. Hold um, on. Maybe that's an old one there. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. I wouldn't think you'd want the tight ends coach from Cincinnati to be our OC. This, this is another one up here. He is, uh, Offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at Georgia State. Oh yeah, um, he's done a good job with their offense. That's uh, that's not a bad pick, and he 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 kind of runs kind of similar to what Houston likes to run. Um, so it really wouldn't be a philosophy change. So um, uh, that's an interesting uh, an interesting mention there by um, somebody who's pretty well connected in Justin yeah. Butts. So um, hey, Justin. Yeah. Justin, if you, I, I want to if say, if you know something, wink once. <laughs> <laughs> Justin had a uh, comment earlier. I, I, I wasn't ignoring you, Justin, but uh, I, we were in the middle of a conversation then and didn't have a right time to do it. Uh, Justin, you know, me and Justin fire back of each other because he's he's the Wayne Christian guy. Yeah. And in the Northeast, Wayne Christian came up a little short. In the uh, championship game last week, Rocky Mount Academy topping them 38-32. And Justin did bring that up. I did not bring that up. That was <laughs> that was him. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, You're not throwing shade. No, I'm not throwing shade. But she, he was just. Uh, he brought that up early. I wanted to acknowledge that comment early. Well, good for you to acknowledge it. And um, I. Uh... Hopefully, uh, you guys can renew that long-standing rivalry between Northeast Academy and uh, Wayne Christian soon enough. Um, well, Stevie, uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving tomorrow, man. Um, enjoy a, a day. You, y'all, how much time you got off? Just tomorrow? Just tomorrow. And then I'll work Friday, Saturday, Sunday. God bless you, man. Um, I, uh, I'm off till Monday, so oh, I'm going to try to enjoy it. And I hope everybody else out there in uh, – Pirate Land does the same. Um, I'm sure Sunday we will have a Pirate Football playback, which will be the last one of the year. We will probably get into really at that point talking about offensive coordinators. Me and Stevie will be back. Again, I don't know if we'll do this every week, but at least biweekly. Uh, I do, Stevie, we'll want to have a ball preview uh, with you, right. so we'll, we'll be doing that soon. And, uh, you know, and we'll, we'll talk hoops. Um, we'll have to steer Stevie away from watching much ACC basketball this year. And, yeah. Uh, Folks, I'm, already, I'm already headed in that direction where I'm watching more more of the Pirates. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. So, uh, all right. So, for Dominique Davis, Bubba Rosenbaum producing, Stevie Fly as my co-host, I am Kyle Barber. You have been watching and or listening to this, the, well, the Sports Objective, but just another sports podcast here on the Sports Objective Network. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates, and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.